we don't have time for this joke scene. Tell me about uh, Destiny 2 The Forsaken. Destiny 2 The Forsaken. Rapid Rapid Fire. Um, I am really enjoying Destiny uh, again. People uh, people are saying that this is the Taken King of Destiny 2. Yeah, I mean... It, it really does feel like uh, it's actually Destiny 2 for the first time because it's the things that people originally liked about Destiny uh, built on and more of it rather than uh, Destiny 2, which was like Destiny but was like missing a whole bunch of systems. One of the most important systems that it was missing was like the uh, random mods for the random perks for guns and all that kind of stuff because it, you know, because of that, it gave the, you know, some, it made an interesting loot grind because then you're trying to find certain weapons and you're not just finding certain weapons. Yeah, I mean, an, a rewarding. Oh, you mean, a, you mean the, the new mod situation is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, because okay. because originally uh, they, there was this whole better devils thing, the 10th better devils, where in Destiny 2 you originally were just getting the same equipment that had the same perk, so it didn't feel yeah. unique or interesting. Why did Destiny 2 go backwards? Um, I don't know why they went backwards on that end. I have no idea. It seems like something that could have originally made sense. Like, well, we'll we'll build well if because if you're gonna add like their whole thing was like we're gonna add so many weapons that there won't be a reason to have random rolls. And it turns yeah, that out that it, easy. yeah, that doesn't sound easy. But anyway, um, uh, this is a really good expansion. I want to preface it because I've been thinking about it uh, as much as I I I really really like it again. Um, I I think that the uh, beginning and end of this conversation is like, do I recommend it to people who have fallen off of the Destiny horse? And I, I think I have my answer. And my answer is for people that uh, have the time and like Destiny and and like have been wanting to go back and maybe uh, were turned away uh, from Destiny 2 and uh, wanted something more and kind of fell off because they were getting bored of the game or like had complaints, but still thought like, man, I really like aspects of it. I really like the gameplay. I really like the world. I, you know, like loot shooters and I like destiny. Um, but yeah, this but isn't good. Meantime, I don't know if I can go back to raiding as an end game activity. I do not have the time for it. And I don't like poking around on like uh destiny lfg or whatever to find a raid group yeah um i i hope that there is better uh there's a better fix for that in the future i think that it's always good to add like like have like the hardcore mode and that is like the harder mode with slightly better loot or like higher light drops um and that will be like you know gated or like the normal version with randos yeah i I kind of i understand why they don't like doing that because if one person is like not following it but it really does make sense we've gone through this yeah um but i mean people do it anyway about forsaken okay so about forsaken like i said if you fell off and you like destiny and you're like itching to get back then i think like this is amazing for you and if you're totally not interested or you have better stuff and that might be you right now with like path and monster hunter then i don't know if I would recommend it, but we'll see if I, as I explain it. So uh, a couple things about Forsaken are, is that it's, it's probably like the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest destiny expansion that they've ever done. Um, It, that's a short bar. 
Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, there was that. There was that taken. There's taken king, and that added a lot of content and added that huge yeah, so area. It's competing with one expansion, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like this is this is a big expansion. This isn't like you know one slightly new area and then a uh, couple of like hours of campaign and then a new raid and that's it. Like this is a How lot. How much does this cost? More substantial Thirty dollars. I think it's. I think it's forty. It's forty for wow. the base thing. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so not a spoiler, uh, and kind of the entire thing here because it's very, uh, it's advertised up front. It's on the box art. Is that the the it basically starts out with uh, there's that the prison of elders, which is a place that it's a common it's a it's a place that in existing destiny and it uh you know served as this part that in House of Wills we would. Uh, guardians would go there and like fight, uh, you know, uh, inmates, like strong inmates it for rewards. just okay. Um, so the prison of elders has a uh, prison break, uh, led by uh, Aldrin Sav, who is the brother of oh, you're the queen. Going to the story, okay. Yeah. So he, so this, so I mean, this dude breaks out of prison, uh, uh, gets all this army basically together of these like ultra badass like uh outcast um criminals and um in the very beginning kills Cade 6 for good like yeah uh there's even really cool stuff story-wise with how does that happen with a guardian where they can resurrect like it is in-game lore that us that like guardians dying and resurrecting is an actual thing that they're allowed to do but uh Cade 6 is killed for good um and that is a period because he does not come back at the end of the story. He's just dead. Because Nathan Fillion's contract is concluded. There you go. But if you're going to, if you know what, if you're going to, con- if you're going to conclude a contract, then this is one hell of a way to do it, to make an entire expansion. Yeah. Out. So, but, but for people who don't care about the destiny lore, yeah. Get me down to brass tacks. What makes this different? Okay. So I would say that the, Campaign is the best, writing wise, uh, mission wise. It, I, I, the easiest way to say it is that it's the first time in Destiny history that the level design felt like Bungie. It felt like an, a Halo mission where there are so many memorable moments back to back in this campaign from a like PVE standpoint. Like all the solo stuff is uh, incredible because you end up having to hunt down the criminals one by one and each of them has like their like like a rogues gallery of having their own unique uh like weaponry and ideas like there's there's one that is a deceiver and the way you play you basically play the strikeout where the deceiver makes all of like it puts all these like loot boxes it like puts like engrams that explode on the ground and then there's planetary material that you like and it's funny because it like it it, it, the, right. it it's so cool where it's like designed for you to see like planetary material and then not think about it and then run over and pick it up and then set off an explosion and kill yourself and then it's it, cool but but you got to give me the 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 fast hitting hard facts man cuz we are short on time. Yeah. Um okay, so significant good campaign. Um every single uh class gets a new addition onto their subclasses which gives them a new ultimate. Um this if you okay, th- I, I, so are, are there new subclasses? There are not new subclasses. This is the way that this works. Um it, it it's it's exciting and less exciting but still very exciting. So uh, previously in Destiny, 
Um, every every class has three subclasses based on lightning, fire, and void. And that you had basically a super, and then two, and then you'd have two trees that would like change the uh, the different things that like give you some like perks. Um, so what this expansion does is it gives every single talent tree a third area to go to. So again, you're not really you're not choosing um, different yeah. like places for better or worse. Uh, you're just getting yeah, a so... new thing, and this will mod this completely modifies like picking that talent tree completely modifies your super like it it'll change it completely. So yeah, if sure. if you want to think about it, like in large part. Every subclass now has two big supers and three talent trees. Yes, um, but I, but essentially the talent tree is still not good. It's still not good, but uh, but I will say this and like the the one of the big things it, that is uh, driving this expansion and people's reinterest in Destiny is that there were so many patches leading up to this and this that reworked a lot of things and made it uh, the game feel like more fun from a sandbox area. Uh, the new, uh, the the class abilities come up very fast. So they actually, you, you end up feeling less like Call of Duty where every once in a while you get to throw a grenade that is like lightning instead of an actual grenade and really actually feeling like you're more of like a, you know, warrior like space wizard thing so for example uh i've been playing with the alternate version of the lightning tree for warlocks and the old one like it has stuff that you would remember i mean like it has like that the melee was like a ranged melee that shocked people and then the main thing was like the super was that like emperor palpatine like flying around and electrocuting um and yeah it had a couple of different grenades and that's that's it so for the You're getting too deep in the weeds here, man. So for the new thing is your melee now throws out a ball lightning. So instead of even being a melee, you throw out like an explosive lightning that will that like travels and then it shocks anything below it and it's so cool and it comes up so fast. So like just it's just fun to be able to like fight an enemy and then they run behind cover and now you throw out a ball lightning that floats over cover and then kills things behind it. It's so fun. Um so the the new talent trees are good. The uh, the new sandbox stuff is amazing. The guns, all every gun in the game has been rebalanced. The exotics were made to feel uh, more unique. The and you're also getting into this on the back of the uh, go fast update where yeah, I mean that that made the game a little snappy. It, it's sort of similar to like when Diablo three had loot 2.0 and that was awesome. And then Reaper of Souls came out, and that, you know, kind of changed everything. Yeah, there was something else like so this in recent bit... history where it was, like, coming back to it was, like, it's kind of like almost HOTS, where where we came back to it with HOTS 2.0, speaking speak of the devil, um, and uh, by the time that we had come back to it, uh, they had done all these reworks that made us interested in it again, but it was kind of, like, more the sum of its parts because they had been doing so much along the way that you kind of got this, like, big new experience, and yeah, that is a you... lot of... That's good. Did you play the PvP? Um, I, I haven't. They have a new Gambit mode, which is a PvE slash PvP thing where you're basically doing like a horde mode and two different teams do a horde mode while uh, one team, the, both teams can invade each other's games and uh, screw up the progress. Um, other than that, uh, I, I, I do want to do PvP, but the PvE has just been really sucking me and it's hard not to just want to play the PvE right. because it's been so good. Um 
they the weapons are the weapons and armor are so much more exciting now because they uh have returned to uh the old destiny ways where they have three choosable perks um every weapon and armor has three choices to make in perks they're all random rolls so you get three choices between different random rolls um, then you have mods and the mods are these big things that add different, uh, crazy aspects onto it and give it a whole new, basically like extra perk. And then you have this concept of masterwork and that was added a while ago, but it is now in there for weapons and armor and masterwork is it randomly upgrades a base stat. So it'll make a gun, uh, hit harder, reload faster, have more bullets in the chamber. It like basically like breaks the laws of that gun even further. Um, so you really get these like weapons so more stuff. that are mu- the weapons are for the first time in Destiny history. I think that they're getting close to like that. I killed. Uh, where'd you get that that bow? I killed a, a a hive god on Mars and got this perfect like rolled bow. That's another thing, by the way. Bows in the game. It'll never get there. Bows right. in the game are the coolest addition to Destiny of all time. They are. I'm, an I'm ama- glad you made it to to bows because that's it for Destiny. Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like there's some more room because, but but the the current Destiny roster of weapons like it it feels great because they've been adding weapons a lot uh, uh you know slowly and destiny 2 introduced like grenade launchers and then prior to that like house of wolves introduced sidearms and now we got bows um and they re they unlocked the where weapons show up in your inventory again so now um weapons can roll to be a primary or a secondary and there's almost no there's nothing guiding what makes a weapon a primary or a secondary. In fact, uh, they weapons no longer take their primary or secondary uh, ammo based on where they are. You can have two primary weapons or two secondary weapons and only be able to pick up ammo of that type. It's inefficient, but you could. Um, and because of it's it, you can destiny. get... You're you can taking get, all my time, man. Uh, you can get anything anywhere. The boat don't care about just, secondaries. The big thing, I, I just, I, I think everything is so much more fun to do, and there is a shit ton of destiny here. There is so much destiny. This is like the longest expansion narratively. This is, uh, it. Uh, I just unlocked. They, they added a new area that is as large as basically the other areas they would have in the game, and then that is a fraction of the. Uh, it's a world, an area that I think has random generation and stuff like that and is like a close to actually maybe a rift style. I haven't really gotten a chance to check it out and not as that many people are even on it yet, uh, this content yet, but it's called the Dreaming City and it is extremely large and I think also has random elements to it and like dungeon diving. There will be more diving. time next week to talk about Destiny because I think you'll still be playing it. Yeah, uh, I think I, can, I might too. I actually, I'm just, I, I'm really loving it. If, like I said, if, if there's someone listening that is like, I still have something in my heart. I still have a flame in my heart for maybe Destiny. It's me. Yeah, maybe. But when we talk about the next games, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. But, but I don't even know that I'm gonna have time to cover anything that I've been playing because we've got 13 minutes and you took 17 minutes to go through Destiny. So, bad job, Ryan. Uh, so I played a bunch of new games this week. I played Broom Service. Uh, that is a tabletop game. So let's get a little bit into tabletop games. Uh, I played Broom Service, uh, which is a action selection game. Uh, I had a chance to play this at a meetup, and uh, I don't even know that I have enough time to get into it. But essentially, it's a really cool game 
where I think it's better the more players you have, where each turn you're trying to take an action that other players aren't going to take, essentially hedging your bets that other players haven't chosen to do the same things as you, as you're essentially going around the map trying to collect resources and deliver them to get the most victory points. Another game that I play and that I really, really liked was Secret Hitler, but it would take me about five minutes to get into why I liked Secret Hitler so much. So I'm just going to tell you that it is a pretty sweet game and my favorite bluffing game, because I think one issue that I have with bluffing games and social deduction games is I actually think it's kind of annoying when you don't know your own role in these games. And one thing that I really appreciate about Secret Hitler is that it's a bluffing game where you are either at the start of the game a liberal or a fascist, and you are always that role, no matter what. No one can change your role. And I like that. I like that a lot more than trying to guess and figure out not only who everybody else is, but who I am. Because sometimes that feels weird when you're like pushing for something all game and then you realize, oh, I was on the other team anyway. Yeah, so we, we, uh, speaking of which, we played some of Secrets, and that is also a social de- deduction game. Um, you only really know what you are from the beginning and then who the person to the right of you is from the beginning, which is cool, but sim- I, I guess the big complaint, and this is a shut up and sit down complaint, is that uh, the game at one point will devolve into nobody really knowing who is on each other's sides and maybe you're like, you know, working to help someone out that you thought was on your side originally and then it's been moved. Um, so I could see why yeah. you would like Secret Hitler. Um, I do, I do, I will say that I had a blast playing Secrets. It's fun, but it's not Secrets the greatest is thing fun. in the world. It's yeah. fun in the way that Cosmic Encounter is fun, or in the way that like Smash is fun. Yeah, right? I, we should play Resistance as well. Resistance Avalon, which is apparently uh, a, a a good counter to Secret Hitler, and yeah. okay. is similar to like it's a good social deduction game where you stay on the side and there's reasons for trying to figure out who people are yeah. because it doesn't change. Or we could play secret Hitler. Uh, in terms of video games, I've been playing path of exile delve. I don't even think that there's really time to get into that either, but I will say that they added some new uh, class archetypes to the game where essentially they added enough new skills that a sort of holy paladin who's summoning minions and like leading an army is now a viable strategy. And so is a sort of a poison bowyer. They used to have this one poison skin. They used to have this one poison skill, caustic arrow, and they reworked it. They added two more of them. They also added a new Herald, the Herald of Agony skill. Uh, So lots of new support for that. Uh, The new league is really cool. It is an infinite dungeon where you're collecting sulfite out in the real world and then you're spending that sulfite to go and delve into the infinite dungeon uh, with all of these rare collectibles and mods and it is another massive poe expansion yeah uh, uh, where, i where have you been just look at the amount of content and it's like how do they even get this in here every three months i have been loving it and i'm always impressed by uh grinding gear games um i feel like a lot of their expansions are them having this amazing conceptual idea and then really botching the execution. But the great thing about them is that they botch the execution and then they like rework it actively to be what people really want. And that's amazing. Like they do such a good job. There already were patches to make the game better from bug fixes to like rebalancing certain things um, with the overall league mechanic, the delve that you were saying. Um, 
I think, uh, first of all, I absolutely love the concept and the the actually like going down and following a minecart is just a very uh, neat, like almost spooky, like, you know, staying in the minecart's light not to die to the darkness adds this really cool like tension and aesthetic and it's fun to do uh very rewarding for the most part especially when you get further down i'm not being that well rewarded yet um uh so love that i like the new mechanic and they're improving on it so i figure i'm gonna like the new mechanic more but more than anything this is in my 400 hours of playing path of exile my absolute favorite leveling experience i've ever had so i'm using caustic arrow and toxic rain or whatever it is um and herald of agony so i have all these poison skills and i am doing so much poison damage that i basically shoot like one caustic arrow and then just like every the mobs just drop in with the with their health and that has just been super rewarding super fun um it is it gets down to what i want in a leveling experience fast and like snappy and fun and Mirage Arrow is, yeah. is pretty dope. Then it's really just optimizing your rooting, going, you know, not not getting bogged down, not over leveling like four levels of the monsters. And and that's how it's done. Uh, we've got a little bit of time here. So let's talk about Root. Yeah, so Root was another our... tabletop game we played. I just played it at, at, while the power was out by Lantern Light. Um, how many people? Uh, two people, just my just with my mom and me. Uh, so, so that, uh, that was really fun. I, what? Yeah, Marquis and Marquis and Eerie, and uh, she played the Marquis, and uh, it worked out really well. She ended up winning pretty hard. Uh, we just talked through the turns, and uh, it it was a little bit more of what I would expect. Like it, it was fun. I think that if I was trying to be a little bit more aggressive, that it would be really a fair fight, and it's interesting because the game is really asymmetric. That's the whole pull to it. Uh, Root is a uh, woodland the woodland story of red right wall. and might it's a, it's a red wall style uh artwork some of the best um pieces a, yeah aesthetics and components it's amazing it it pops off the table so hard uh and i and the meeples are the screen printed meeples for all the factions are like absolutely gorgeous but it's from letter games and their thing is like these asymmetrical games and uh in this one you're playing as these different woodland factions that all play so differently but i think the thing that everyone really likes about it more than other asymmetrical like hyper asymmetrical games right now is that uh there are main governing rules that are are in place for everybody like like movement and fighting and because of that it's a little bit easier to jump in between um i love how the factions work out i hope that in the future that they interact even better because i think some of the coolest stuff in the game is like Every character, everyone in the game can uh, craft these items, and it really just counts as victory points for them. But for one person, the Vagabond, who is this kind of roaming thief, they can steal those, and it becomes this whole part of their game plan, or they can, like, clear out rubble. And stuff like that is so interesting, because the game is, you know, this woodland game, and it really leans, its its aesthetic leans into the gameplay, because it's also an ecosystem. So as much as you might hate the other factions and not want them to win, sometimes, like, they're a viable part of the ecosystem. You want them to do certain things. Like, maybe you don't want the Vagabond to win, but you want him to clear off rubble, and you want to give him room to, like, work so that he can do certain things. Uh, I love that. I think the best moments of that game were weird uh, faction interactions and stuff like that. Um, but... 
But and the vagabond's not the only one who does that. And I think that a lot of that actually comes from experience in the game and from making uh, the best deal that you can with somebody. So it, it's not just about like these forced interactions where like, oh, I need the vagabond to clear rubble or or the alliance has the crossbow, so I want to go give them a card for it. But it's also about leaning into the fact that your faction has weaknesses that you can use the other factions to shore up for a price because obviously helping your enemies isn't always going to be good. But let's say you're playing as the Eerie and you really need that uh, area of the Marquis cleared out, but maybe your faction, you just can't handle it right now because you don't have the cards in your decree to make it happen. So instead what you could be doing is you could be crafting or using or discarding cards that the lizard cult can pick up so that the lizard cult can make this explosive turn. Uh, I think that the best thing that they can do moving forward is try to add new factions without adding too many new features to the game. One of the things that I like so much about the expansion is that it, it feels like it's already using aspects of the game that are that are part of the ecosystem. Yeah, how brilliant is the whole way that the lizard cult works? Yeah, where essentially they're leveraging the discard pile, right? Yeah. And then and then building on that, the other one is the Riverfolk Trading Company, which are I think like a master stroke in game design. The Riverfolk Company uh basically uh they their hand is shown to the table and people can buy their hand or use their uh their mercenaries on the on the field as their own in a turn to swing a big fight yeah. and they can also pay to use a riverboat which is amazing because it was already built into the game there's a there's a river that you can already see on the board and it connects areas that are not close um, otherwise, and because of that, using the riverboat company, you can make all these big turns, these big flashy turns using them, but they also set their prices, which is really a, a neat concept for a mercantile uh, group, and I really love that. And and they they you know they use existing board things and they use existing mechanics in the game and the lizard cult uh, use existing things in the game as well. They they basically take over the discard pile concept and that's really cool. Like I, I hope that the the factions in the in the future can leverage stuff like that. Maybe they can have a faction that that like changes uh, clearings to be different types, archetypes or something like that. Or maybe they can have factions that you know do more with items because it's kind of not well rep represented in the game currently other than the Vagabond. So uh, I feel like it is really exciting and they have so much room for improvement and people are loving it. And I think it makes sense why they are. What else is there to say about Root? Because it is, it's a pretty slick game and, and, and I wish we had more time to talk about it, but I will say that I've played the game maybe like 10 or 11 times at this point. Which is wild, right? That it, that it got to the, the, the table that many times. That says something, right? Well, every single time that I've played it, someone has said, I want to play that again. And I think that it's because of the asymmetry and just the fact that, okay, I know the rules and I'm not playing the same exact game again. So when you sit down for your second game of, let's say, Castles of Burgundy, you're, you're kind of doing the same thing a second time. But with Root, you have these different factions and it's, and it's not just like, oh, I'm setting up the board differently. I'm starting on this side of the board. It's like, no, you have totally different rules. The way that you're interacting with the board is different. Uh, your win condition is, is kind of different. The way that you're generating points has changed. The way that other players perceive you and think of you as a threat is different. 
And, and so all of these things, you know, roll together into being like a pretty unique experience for every faction you're playing. Yeah, and I think it's not just that because you, you make it sound like someone would play this and then just want to jump immediately into another faction. I feel like it's I feel like this game is just so well designed and there's so much to think about on each turn, even is even as simple as your turns might end up looking and uh, how for how much impact every turn has that it really feels like after you finish a game, you kind of just want to go back to the same thing and make it work a little bit better or, you know, get your engine going for that faction earlier or, you know, make the right play at the right time with like, you know, the Woodland Alliance or something like that. Like there's there's so much to do once and then want to return back to. It's not just a game where you would play the factions a couple times and then say like, yeah, I've seen it. I've done it. That's the deal with games for this week. How sad is that? For lack of time to continue. Yep. Uh, we had tons of games to discuss, and here we are. Yep. Uh, WTDGpodcast.com, Twitter at signedwtdgpodcast. What's the deal with games on iTunes? Rate, comment, subscribe. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Crying for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro revive off the new album Beyond the Fleeting Gales. You can find them at the Run for Cover Bandcamp. And, the uh, Vagabond from Root has just been announced for Super Smash. Ooh, that was what I was going to say. Well, you weren't wrong. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Jake.